welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here all by myself. No Matt O'Hara today, no Mike Yozipovich. Matt is actually having a kid. Probably as we speak right now. Well, he's not having it, but his wife is having a kid. Uh, they are expecting their second child. Hence, the show was delayed. Mike is out of town for work, and the show was delayed because Matt didn't know if he could make it. And it turns out we rescheduled for today, and he's having a kid. So we're going solo today because the show must go on. And we still have some Dynasty stuff to talk about. Maybe cover a little stuff that happened here in week 14 as we go into week 15. Have a couple Twitter questions we want to get answered on the show today. and kind of kind of just kind of slowly get into the end of the season here i mean this is it we're going into week 15 we have three more weeks of the nfl season and you likely have two more weeks of your fantasy football playoff season so for all those that were in their playoffs and they had a 16 playoff which like most dynasty leagues do and you won congratulations if you lost well there's always next year uh, if you had Peyton Manning, there's a chance you lost at Dynasty. Uh, Tommy, uh, he made a big trade in the offseason to get Peyton Manning, and it, uh, he came up with the L. He came up with the L. He was very disappointed, and you know this is the second year in a row that Peyton Manning has come through, not come through in the playoffs, and he has hurt a team championship in the championship, and it's just, it's just one of those things. It's uh. You know, our I do a I do a show for uh one of the ESPN Cleveland shows out here and I help him with his team and we were the highest scoring team all year long and we're into a buzzsaw this week with uh Julio Jones and Jordy Nelson and yeah, it didn't it didn't end well and we're out. But you know, when you get into playoffs it's kinda of like the NFL, anything is possible. It doesn't matter how good your team is if you come up and you lay a goose egg. I mean if you come in here if you had a team they had Peyton Manning, LaShawn McCoy, Josh Gordon, and uh, I'm sure there's a couple more here I'm missing off the top of my head, but they all laid goose eggs, and you're you're sitting there, and you're like, what happened? And it all takes is one bad week, and we all have those bad weeks. You want to get them out of the way early, and uh, we Trey Mason's another good example, but yeah, just coming up short, and that, that pretty much sums it up for me. You know, those those guys having those players on the team, and then you run the buzzsaws like Julio Jones with a monster, monster game out of Julio and Jordy Nelson doing what he does, what has done he, he has done all year long with another big game as well. But you know Julio going over going over two hundred and fifty yards, very, very impressive. Makes him one, you know, that's why he's one of the elite wide receivers out there right now, and he is a top five dynasty player, and he's something that you want on your roster. If you want to go out and get him, go ahead. But good luck. Uh, so a couple of things that went back last week uh nothing really too crazy as we get here in the playoffs i mean the season's come to an end there's not a whole lot to learn uh we've kind of seen seen the season come along there's an article on dynasty nerds right uh right now dynastynerds.com you get on there and we have a new article there by zach md and he has players on there that you want to uh running back situations you want to monitor because it's a fluid situation going into 2015 with a lot of teams and he gave you an article out there about guys that you kind of want to watch for the rest of the season. You know, tandems like C.J. Anderson, Monty Ball, and Ronnie Hillman. And I wrote my article for my uh, roundup article where Monty Ball owners are in trouble. Monty Ball is a running back that, you know, last year, who's somebody I was coming in this year, I was huge on. And 
Uh, for everybody there's out there listening, they know I made uh, that horrible, horrible trade of Monty Ball for Le'Veon Bell, or Le'Veon Bell for Monty Ball straight up before the season started. And, wow, that, that looks like a pie in my face just because, you know, Le'Veon Bell is the number one running back out there in the – the dynasty number one running back. I know for the last couple of shows, we, you know, Matt was like, I'll tell, still take LaShawn McCoy. And Mike said he take Le'Veon Bell. And I put out there to all, all the Twitter fans out there. And we got a, a, a huge response that hands down Le'Veon Bell was the number one pick. And I put it out there between DeMarco Murray, Le'Veon Bell, and LaShawn McCoy. Like, who would you want in dynasty? I didn't even throw Jamal Charles out there just because of his age. I would just, some people might have him as the number two overall dynasty back. I wouldn't just because of age and durability issues. So surprisingly, Darko Murray, DeMarco Murray didn't get a lot of votes. I think he had like two out of like maybe like the 50 people that responded. Uh, he had two. It was a landslide victory by Le'Veon Bell, who has really shown this season he is the number one dynasty uh, running back. I'm glad I did. I do have Le'Veon Bell in another dynasty league, which is going to kind of save some face. Uh, actual dynasty nerds league. Um, but going back to Monty Ball, <laughs> I don't know how I got off of Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, my idiotic trade. But, you know, C.E.J. Anderson has really established himself these last couple of games as a solid back. And where does this leave Monty Ball going forward? And Zach M.D. wrote, you know, if you get on there, you can read his take on it um, about going forward and paying attention. But Monty Ball, I mean, owners have to be worried if you're a Monty Ball owner. There's not... There's not a lot to be excited about. I mean, this was a year he's supposed to come in, dominate, didn't dominate, um, got banged up, played four games, never went over 100 yards, and then C.J. Anderson gets his shot, and he comes in here and just, you know, he's the first running back in the history of Peyton Manning owners top 150 yards in consecutive games. So we'll see if Monty Ball can rebound next year and come back. But as of right now, he might be a great buy-low candidate, if you believe. I'm still a believer. He's somebody that I would still want on my roster. And if you do have him, I mean, he, his value is so low, you really can't sell. So Monty Ball owners, that's a situation we want to follow in the offseason and just see what happens there in Denver. He wrote about the Cardinals running backs. Andre Ellington put on IR this week. And Andre Ellington's biggest, you know, not just him, but any running back in his kind of caliber is size. Can they withstand the beating of the NFL? Can they take all the hits? You know, PPR backs like that. And, Right now, he he's he considered a running back two, and I like Andre Ellington, but you have to, again, you have to be worried. Are they going to do what the Bengals did? Are they going to bring in a bruiser to split carries with them? And I believe that they do. I as an Andre Ellington owner, that make me happy. Not only does it give Andre Ellington more opportunity to stay healthy, but puts him in more positions to succeed. Where Andre Ellington, you want to have him as a PPR back. You want him out there catching balls. You want him to catch nine to ten balls uh, a game and get his points that way. You don't really want him out here in between the tackles running up and getting bruised up because his size will uh, hurt him down in the long run. Another one that MD had on here was Doug Martin and Charles Sims, and we've all we've all given up on Doug Martin. I'm I've still given up Doug Martin. I I don't really see a bounce back from him ever. I think his highest ceiling would be a low-end running back, too, if they stick with him. And Charles Sims, I got a question out there about Charles Sims, you know, about his durability over or and how easily he goes down. And Charles Sims owners, and I, I know at the same time, at Dan, at Dan Pilar, Pillar wrote, 
he had his article on DynastyNerds.com, players to stash for 2015. He had Charles Sims on there. And Charles Sims is somebody that I still like. I'm still a fan of. I loved him coming out of West Virginia. I love his pass-catching ability. Uh, I like his size. And, again, he's somebody that's coming off a broken ankle, his rookie year, on a team that's really just not good. And their offense needs help. And I know they got Mike Evans. I know they got Vincent Jackson. But their quarterback has been in shambles all year long. So, Charles Sims, again, this is a situation we went on monitor as well with Doug Martin and Charles Sims. But I hope Charles Sims gets an opportunity next year to be the feature back because I'm a believer, personally. I mean, is it a long shot? It, it's not It's not favorable. But remember, going into the season, uh, the coaching staff really liked Charles Sims, and they saw, they, they, they saw him as Matt Forte comparable and we all know Matt Forte his huge value is in the passing game so if Sims can get down his pass protection and get in there as a receiving back and like a Forte caliber back he's gonna have a really good fantasy value ups you know and some good upside next year and he's somebody that I'd be trying to acquire in the offseason why the why his value is still low he also has on here as a Jacksonville running back situation uh you know Bernard Robinson it's kind of just I guess for that situation like just going into it, I would say, let's just see what Jacksonville does in the off season. Do they believe in Denard Robinson enough to give him a few, you know, a feature back role in 2015? I don't know. I mean, it's an up and growing, it's an up and coming offense. A lot of young talent out there, and you're talking about converted quarterback going to running back. We'll see. I mean, I if I had to guess, I'd I'd assume they would bring in a running back. That's that's my guess going to twenty fifteen as of today. And Denard Robinson would kind of be like a you know running back kind of two on his own team. I I don't really see Denard Robinson as a feature back, but he's had his moments. He's flashed and he's shown that he has capability. I just don't see that sustained. Um, the Falcons running back he have on there, he has on there as well, and Devontae Freeman. Will Devontae Freeman get the shot next year that we all hoped he would when he went late, early second, maybe even late first? And we all know Matt took Devontae Freeman in all his dynasty leagues in the first round. And I like Devontae Freeman coming out, and it's, it, I've been a little little down on him this year because basically just out of solid production. Definitely when Steven Jackson, like the last half of this fantasy season, he's really stepped up his game. And played enough where he's getting your touchdowns and he's actually a suitable running back too which is kind of a surprise here late in the game but Atlanta still I like Devontae Freeman because I really want to see what they do in the offseason address an offensive line which they're going to they're going to have to address the offensive line because it's putrid and anytime you have Julio Jones on the team and you got Matt Ryan who had a big week this week uh as well then you have some upside so that's a situation you want to monitor and then he has a running, you know, the Buffalo Bills running backs on here as well. And again, that's a situation where I see him bringing it back to. I don't see CJ Spiller coming back. I don't see Fred Jackson contributing. They have Bryce Brown. We'll see if that story really kind of like pans out with Bryce Brown. He definitely has some upside. But again, it's a situation where I see him, you know, drafting a running back. And it's a really good article he has on here. So get on DynastyNerds.com and check it out because he gives all his details about all those guys I talked about on there. And Again, I mean, the running back situation is a very fluid situation, and it's something we really we're constantly monitoring. But for dynasty league, these are he has a good article on there about guys you kind of want to really pay attention to that could 
be difference makers next year. You know, CJ Anderson this year was a difference maker. And I guarantee there's a lot of you guys out there that are in the playoffs. They have CJ Anderson and it's a waiver wire ad of the year. And if you have really deep rosters, maybe we had him on there. But for most teams, he was a waiver wire addition. And now he's in a running back one category, taking you to the, the championship. Um, again, we mentioned, you know, going, going into the uh, last week, some guys that had good games, some guys that had some bad games that kind of cost us. And it's going to happen. Uh, you know, Josh Gordon, people were waiting for him to come back all year long. He comes out with a clunker and he kills some people. Uh, you know, Cam Newton comes out and he's been up and down all year and he has a 40 point game. So a good shine out of Cam Newton and hopefully he's okay. Comes back from that, uh, back. He got in a car accident this week where he rolled his truck four times, uh, a couple of fractures in his lower back, nothing too serious. The same injury that Tony Romo had. And so he should bounce back from that. And unfortunately, he's going to sit out this week for your fantasy team. And if you're starting him, that's a huge blow. I definitely don't recommend picking up Derek Anderson unless you have no other options because I guess the upside in Derek Anderson would be that he has Kelvin Benjamin. He, can, he does have a strong arm, so he could, could chuck a deep to, deep to Derek Anderson. So if you're desperate, if you're really desperate, Derek Anderson's, you got to be really desperate to start Derek Anderson. You really, you really do. Uh, Damaris Thomas came up with a goose, big goose egg, not goose egg, but he came up and he killed your team along with Payne Manning as well. Uh, the Cardinals whole situation isn't just flux offensively. Nobody's helping you. Uh, nobody. I mean, Michael Floyd is really had it. You know, he had a two touchdowns a couple of weeks ago, but I mean, he really can't be trusted at all. Really at all lately. And LaShawn McCoy versus Seahawks, another huge flop for him he's had a really disappointing year this year uh again his receptions are down drastically his receiving yards i mean they're just non-existent and he's strictly relying on his running game and we need his ppr points to really help us get by uh latavius murray in san francisco again nothing too crazy there uh just you get about 80 yards if i remember right uh, Keen Allen got shut down by the Patriots, and again, Julio Jones and Jordy Nelson had monster games, and they killed me. Uh, so, sitting here, sitting here talking now, as we enter the end of the season, it's kind of the time of the year where things are winding down. If you're out of the playoffs, you're like, okay, you know, what do I do? Now's a good time to sit here and look at your dynasty team and say, what can I do to get make my team better? What can I do? to win a championship what would put me in contention to win it all next year how many pieces away am i what can i do to fill those pieces is this draft class going to be enough to help me get by for maybe not next year but in two years is it time to blow it up is it time to make a big trade is it time to play trade big player here for maybe a draft pick in a lower tier player these are decisions we got to make maybe take a month off kind of cool down and uh wait because it is hard to it is hard to make trades you know right around this you know right after season ends super bowl time and again i always recommend to set trades and get them like established and say okay let's sit on this for a little bit let's think about it and get ready for your draft and see see what picks have value see if there's any players you want to attack in the draft and again how close you are because if you're real close then you might want to trade away your players and if that's the case, you want to save your draft pick, let some hype grow up on these rookies. Let let people fall in love with Devontae Parker and Amari Cooper 
and Todd Gurley. Let people fall in love with those picks and put them in position to get these players, which, you know, I like all those guys. And let that draft pick value kind of increase. Like, don't try and sell a first-round pick now where people haven't really dug in and seen where these guys have gone or their potential. Because the best time is when right after the NFL draft, like right after the NFL draft and something happens where change kind of like blows stuff up, like Bishop Sankey going high in the second round to Tennessee's Titans. And he's the number one running back off the board. And that kind of shuffles your board a little bit. You're like, oh, wow, I, I got to move Bishop Sankey up. Who's going to be that guy in 2015? It, 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 people get really excited when they see these people go, these players go to a certain team with a position of need. And just because this team has this position of need, they feel like this player is going to be really good. And when you have an influx of talent coming in in the first two rounds, I mean, players get excited. And that increases your rookie draft pick. And that's when, that's, that's when you want to sell. And that's if you're a player away. That's if you can get a really good player. I mean, I remember during the Monty Ball draft, I traded uh, Jordy Nelson at the time for the number two overall pick. Because again, I loved Monty Ball. I loved the situation. I let them come out of Wisconsin. So I traded Jordy Nelson, which, yeah, great. In hindsight, it was a horrible, horrible trade on my end. But again, I fell in love with a rookie. I, I was a running back away. I could afford to lose Jordy Nelson. I had a really good deep running wide receiver group there. And uh, again, it, it, I I got suckered in. I I want him, but if I if I would taken Le'Veon Bell there, it'd have been worth it. Now I ended up trading uh previously the year before for the four pick. I took Le'Veon Bell at four. I took Monty Ball at two, and all the way up into getting that point, I now, and this is where I got kind of built into the hype as well because I had Eddie Lacy as my number one pack on the board, and my number one player overall in that draft all year long. And then Monty Ball went to Broncos, and I was like, oh. you know, and it was right when the time when Eddie Lacy was coming out, and he had the, the foot issues, and that's why he dropped a little bit in the draft as well, and I kind of got, kind of, you know, let myself get suckered into that, and I took Monty Ball over Eddie Lacy, and after that did happen, I told myself, I was like, I'll, I'll never do that again. I'll never, I'll never let, like, the Bishop Sankey burn me again i won't let a player that that i loved all year long i love his college tape and all the studying i do just deter me because some other nfl gm drafted him or he went to a different situation because i'm you know stick with your gut because that way you don't have any regrets you're like hey you know i did my research just so i liked he didn't pan out so be it like i didn't like tavon austin i had deandre hopkins ahead of tavon austin because i didn't like tavon austin and that one you know Luckily, I took Le'Veon Bell over Devon Austin, and at the time, Devon Austin was going really high in all those rookie drafts. He was going high as two. He was number three uh, in a lot of those drafts. So, again, I mean, it just goes to show, but my point was, with that number two overall pick, I was trying to trade up to get Eddie Lacy, like, all during the offseason. As soon as the season ended, all the way up into the NFL draft, uh, I tried to trade for that two pick, and the guy would not trade with me, because he was, he, same thing, he was, he, he, he 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 was all about the draft, and then come draft day, you know, when I offered Jordy Nelson, it was like almost an offer he couldn't re- he couldn't refuse. And again, trade a lot more trades go down on draft day. So if you can like start nailing away and making offers up until draft day, or you know, throughout a month, and say, hey, I'm interested in player A, 
what would you want for player A? Or I'm interested in draft pick B. Uh, what do you want for it? And the same way, I mean, if you want draft picks because you want to rebuild, then you want to start laying the groundwork to see what these players want for these draft picks now. And, again, these guys are the guys that are already out of it. You know, study their rosters. What are their needs? What kind of package can you give them? How close do they feel? Uh, maybe you want to move up. It's, it's, it's a good time. Again, this is why we play Dynasty. It's 365 days a year of fantasy football. It's the best. There, there's nothing better than Dynasty fantasy football. So as we go into week, fe- week 15, as the season comes down to an end here and our seasons come down to an end, um, again, it, it's, it's time to address our rosters. I mean, our whole goal here is to win championships. So what can we do to, what, since, we didn't, since we're out of the playoffs? Why are we out of the playoffs? Why, why didn't we make the playoffs? What can I do? What do I need? Do I blow it up or do I not blow it up? These are decisions we got to make all year long. These are decisions you got to constantly, if you want to build a championship caliber team, you just can't sit here and rely on luck. You have to go out there. You have to do the research. You have to get on these dynasty sites. You got to get on dynastynerds.com and you got to put in the time to win a championship. It's, it, and that's what it is. It's, it's, the season's not over. The season's never over. We play dynasty fantasy football. The season's never over. And if you're a player that says, okay, the season's over, I'm gonna, I'll come back here in June, you know, you're already going to be behind. And when you're behind, it does not help you win a championship. Now everybody gets lucky. Everybody finds a little luck here and there. But don't rely on luck. Rely, put in the time. Put in the research. Build, build that championship caliber team that can win many, many championships. Because if you have a trophy in your dynasty league, and if you don't have a trophy, I don't know what you're doing. You're doing it wrong. You need a trophy. Because, and I know, like in our league, we play for X amount of dollars, and the money you get back after you win is a pretty nice, substantial amount of money. But I always want the trophy, and I want my name engraved in that trophy. And nothing's better when you got that trophy, and you see your name already engraved on there multiple times. And, you know, that it, when you have a trophy, it's the trophy. The money's always nice, but the money always comes and goes. But your name's on that trophy forever, and it and it shows that you, and definitely an established dynasty league. So even if this is year one of your dynasty league or year two, and you and it's ten years, like our dynasty league is going on year eleven, year twelve, and you look back and you you know you're still if you get that trophy eight years later, you know you remember that team that won. You're and you're like you have your team on there again. Like that's right, you know dominance i'm back baby i'm back on the trophy uh you know at dynasty tommy has he won three years in a row he beat me in the championship and he uh it's a feat that's on there where his name's on there three times in a row and every time i get that every time i see that trophy and i get it back and i'm just like i see that it's, it's a burn uh just because i know he beat me and i want my name on that trophy three years in a row but it is it's it's nice and then you know, you have your buddies come over, and you guys are hanging out, watching football, and you got your dynasty trophy up there somewhere, somewhere where somebody can see it because they got to know that you are a champion. And you know, they they, they they grab it, they read the names, and they're like, "Oh, look at look at you, man! Names on here three times. You're pretty good at dynasty fantasy football." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, I listen to DynastyNerds.com podcast. Come on, get with it." So, if you don't have a trophy, man, get a trophy because it is. And you know, if you if you have everybody in your league throwing ten bucks. I mean, you get a you can get a pretty nice trophy, and we have like a Heisman kind of trophy with the plaques on there. And uh, I think I've tweeted a picture out before 
you get her names on engraved on there. We're already on the second plate, but uh, love the trophy. Love doing a show here by myself. It's like you're you're sitting in a room and you're sitting there talking to yourself about dynasty fantasy football. Uh, so let's get some Twitter questions. I put it out there earlier about the podcast that I was recording one and uh, see what you got here. Here comes one from at Fu Manchu. What do you do about the Hill Bernard situation if you have them both PPR? If you have them both, I mean, that's a situation where you can actually start both, like in a dire situation. You can actually get away with starting both of them. Is it ideal? No. But I guess you could put feelers out there. It all depends on how you feel. Like, I'm still a Geo fan. Uh, there's a report out there today that the Bengals might look to try and go back to one running back and use him more. So that's a good situation to pay attention to for the rest of the year as well. Let's see how they use Geo more down the stretch here in the playoff stretch. Let's see how they use Hill. I still think it's going to be close to 50-50 and Hill gets the goal line carries, but it might be a situation where uh, you might... Where, now, here, this is weird. Not weird, but you know, Geo to Bernard to me is like a top five, top six dynasty running back because uh, of his just because of his overall talent and his pass catching ability in PPR leagues. But if it's something you're not really comfortable with, you know, he's somebody you could sit on a hill and probably get more consistent points out of. Where Geo will always have the more upside and bigger games, uh, and maybe you sell Geo, maybe you get a running back that you maybe you can go out there and get like Carlos Hyde in a in a first round pick. That's something I'd I'd be attracted to. Uh like if I was a if I had Geo, which I do not in any of my dynasty leagues, but I really like Hyde going to next year. So maybe you like Hyde and you you trade for Hyde if you can do it. I'm just just an example. Um somebody of his caliber and or try and move up and get another running back in this class. Maybe you maybe there's a way to get Todd Gurley or Melvin Gordon but again these are all gambles so if I was an owner of both I'd feel completely comfortable sitting tight and if I was uncomfortable and those are my only two running backs I'd be looking to flip one and the most value you can get is for Geo and he's the better talent so maybe I'd see what I can get for Hill I'd see what I can get for Geo I guess I'd throw a note from here in the offseason what I would do with both uh, just throw throw it out there. Hey, you know Jeremy Hill's available. Gio Bernard's available. W- you know, w- let me hear some offers up into the draft, and just don't pull the trigger. See what you can get. See what you can do in a, over a couple months. It's always a good thing in the off season if you put a name out there. You know, you put it out there to the whole league, saying, say you want to blow. You know, kind of you feel like you might need to blow something up. You throw it out there, and you say Gio Bernard. Like, hey, Gio Bernard's available. And t a couple teams throw some offers, and you go, okay, man, thanks. I'm gonna sit here and think about it. You know, give it the off season, kind of let it dwell in, and just you can say, hey, so and so and so over here, they they have an offer on the table too, and you can say, and another person's got an offer on the table, and then maybe you got you can start get people competing for each other, as well. You don't have to tell them the offer, obviously, but if it, the best is if you can get two people like competing versus each other, but throw it out there and let it like saturate and commit, you know. Maybe somebody else will fall in love and overpay. Like, man, I can get Geo, and I'm a running back away, man. I'm just a running back away, and I had a the, the playoffs. You know, the year went against me, and I had AP, and I have no other running back, so I had a bad year. But next year, I got AP coming back, and all I need is Geo. I had the fourth pick. Hey, I'll give you the fourth pick, and whatever, and something else for Geo, and 
again, you you need more than the fourth pick. But again, that's that's what I'm talking about, where you can let stuff you know sit in and see what you can get. Because you know, I've been in many situations where I've tried to get a trade worked out for like months up until like I said that draft. I mean, Eddie Lacy for the number two pick. To get the number two pick, I think it took me like three months to get that pick, like to hammer out a deal. And it ended up taking Jordy Nelson to get him, and that's what it took. And at first I wasn't willing to do that, but come, you know, I I succumbed to the gloriness of the rookie draft. And <laughs> uh, I'll try not to do that again. So, yeah, again, it, it, it's, it depends how your team's built up, but that's what I would do. I'd throw both names out there. See what you see what the offers are. If one offer blows you away, make the deal. If none do, sit on both because you can get by by both. Uh, another one comes from at life from thirty. Uh, Two part question. I have some irons in the fire. Would you rather pick number twelve in the in this draft or Jimmy Graham and Jeff Janis? Uh, well, for me, that's that's what's the second part? The catch being. That we are expanding IDP this offseason, so all defensive players are also available. Uh, yeah, to me that's a no-brainer. Um, at life from thirty, I'm taking Jimmy Graham and giving the number twelve pick hands down. I don't care what defensive player in there. Uh, I don't play in any IDP leagues, but I do know too that there's only a handful of like a really dominant defensive players to help you out. You know, like a JJ Watt, and I, from what I know is the offensive players take precedent and. Jimmy Graham is not only one of the better offensive players out there, but he's at a he's a premium at a hard position to fill out with talent, and that's the tight end spot. And I love the tight end spot. I I think having a really good tight end is a difference maker between being a championship team and not a championship team. I mean, if you have a good roster, and then you and you have Rob Gronkowski and you have Jimmy Graham, uh, that's a difference maker between the other guy in your league that does have a good roster without that tight end because a lot of teams don't have tight ends just because they're not out there and they're not available so to me definitely be the number 12 pick maybe we said hey the number two pick in idp league maybe and if i did some more research maybe but at the same time i'm still taking jimmy graham jimmy graham's a top 15 overall dynasty player so uh if you could do that trade absolutely do it and again jeff janice who has some like upside if Cobb leaves next year coming into he could be that guy who's like a low-end wide receiver three next year, the, the, kind of like Devontae Adams' role now, where somebody gets hurt, he might be able to pay dividends on your fantasy team, and or he still might have some dividends in the long run. Because remember, Jordy Nelson is 29 years old, so he's going to up there and age a little bit. So absolutely trade the number 12 pick for Jimmy Graham. No doubt about it. Uh, add Joey Yeoman chimes in. When building your dynasty roster for the future, what positions do you load up on? Or types of guys. And for this question, types of guys. Young guys is when you're building for the long haul, for the future, you want to go young. You always want to have a good balance of players on your roster. You want to have young talent. You want to have old talent. Uh, so it's a nice fluid. Because when you get these young guys, when you draft your rookies, you got to have guys to cut. Because hopefully you're doing it right. You have a lot of talent. You kind of want to let the old guys kind of let them weed themselves out there. But again, you build your dynasty teams around young wide receivers is the best way to go for example i just made a trade last week uh i put it out there on twitter and i got kind of like a 50 50 about people like it i traded i had the number four pick in the draft it was just one of those years i have a really good team i'm built to win now 
and I would have a deep roster. I have at Eddie Lacy, LaShawn McCoy, Andre Ellington, Carlos Hyde, George Bell, uh, a couple other running backs on there as well. And number four, I ended up getting with the four pick this year because everything worked, worked against me. I think I had the fourth highest scoring points, but everything just worked against me and gave me the fourth pick. So I had my wide receiver three was Michael Crabtree and Corderell Patterson, and I have some other guys that are kind of out there, but I have Josh Gordon and Des Bryant. So I traded the number four pick and Eddie Lacy. I traded away Eddie Lacy for DeAndre Hopkins and two first-round picks, two, like, mid-first. I, I got to go back and look because two guys are in the playoffs, so hopefully they both both lost. So hopefully it's pick six and seven but or seven and eight, but I traded two for two more first-round picks and DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm ecstatic about it because. I like DeAndre Hopkins a lot. Is Eddie Lacy probably the best fantasy option now? Yeah. And definitely we don't know the situation with the quarterback next year for DeAndre Hopkins, but I love DeAndre Hopkins. I'm a really big fan of his game. I think he has the best hands, if not no you know, nobody's better than him at catching the ball in the NFL. And I like his long term play. So where Eddie Lacy five years from now his value probably won't be where it is now. DeAndre Hopkins will still be a top 20 dynasty receiver. And the long-term play there for me is there. And I, and I got him as a wide receiver three. And there was points I wasn't starting Eddie Lacy earlier in the year anyways. Uh, so for me, I, I chose I chose the star running back. I went with the star up-and-coming receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, who is really young and that's the route I go. So you want to go with the young guys. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's the way to go when you're for the long haul. I mean, you got to think about young wide receivers because once you establish a good base of young wide receivers, it puts you in a position to do a lot of other things in a rookie draft and in traits because, you know, if you have, like, there's a guy in the Dynasty Nerds League that has Jordy Nelson, Antonio Brown, and A.J. Green. Now, this puts you in a position where you don't have to worry about in a rookie draft uh, taking a receiver and let them develop. You can kind of attack the running back position. You can reach just a little bit on the running backs who give you more of an immediate impact, and they help you right away. And with also the fluidness of the running backs and how often they get hurt and how evolving it's changing and how much different running backs come in throughout the year, that's a position where if you have a deep leagues, you can have backups on your roster that will more likely contribute than the receivers. So if you can build a good base of young wide receivers, it's going to put you in position to make your team better because everybody else, you know, we all know like the rookie quarterbacks go later in drafts. So if you need a quarterback, you could take that quarterback because you're in position, position to do that. And Again, I always say you build around young wide receivers because those elite young wide receivers are the hardest thing to get besides the running backs, obviously, but that's what you want to do. And I know at Life from 30 time chimed in on this question as well. And he says, and how many is too many? Mostly with QB tight end one. Well, again, I'm an earlier, and I'll, and I'll rehash this again during the draft when I'm always a believer in you should take a tight end. And like, you know, like third, you should always take a draft to tight end every year because I think more than four tight ends is probably too many. More than three quarterbacks is definitely too many because you're always searching. Once you get that QB one, you're always going to be starting your QB one. Like if you have Aaron Rodgers, 
you just need a backup because you're start, you're starting Aaron Rodgers every week. If you have, you know, Andrew Luck, you're starting Andrew Luck every week. So guys like that, you want to have you want to have a good guy. Then you just want to have a, like a suitable backup in case one your quarterback gets hurt, and then for the bye week. And then if you have, then you, it's nice that you know in the draft you always want to take best player available. So if you can get a quarterback to sit down in the draft later, maybe try and develop. You know, that third one's always kind of like developmental one. Somebody you can cut bait with, somebody you could trade with, or something that might pan out and be really good that gives you more trade bait. So QBs, I'd say any more than three is too many. If you can get a buy with two, then it depends on how talented that player is you want to do. And for tight ends, again, it it depends. I like to carry four tight ends, and that's just me. And I have Gronkowski, but three tight ends too. I guess three tight ends, three quarterbacks is a good low number. Even if you have Rob Gronkowski, because you always want to kind of like develop players as well. And you always want to take in the draft, the worst thing you could do in a rookie draft is start reaching for players. Like you want to take best player available. And again, that'll put you in position to trade for another position or another high draft pick and get what you want later down the road. So if you do need a running back, you could trade that young receiver that you drafted because you have four solid receivers for that young running back, like I did for Eddie Lacy for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, it you know drafting well put me in a position where I was able to trade Eddie Lacy away for that young wide receiver that I needed. So and again, that's that's in the, that's by drafting well. I had six good running backs because that's that's how I ended up you know drafting where I had put myself in a position to have really good running backs and everybody needs running backs. So if you have really good running backs, you could trade one of your better ones for a DeAndre Hopkins or a Sammy Watkins, something along those lines, because some people too, they'll see that. They're like, okay, well I have Eddie Lacy, LaShawn McCoy, Joyke Bell, Andre Allentown. I'm like, oh, I'm going to try and trade Joyke Bell. Well, Joyke Bell is not going to get you DeAndre Hopkins. So you trade away Eddie Lacy, who can, and those other first round picks, and you still start Joyke Bell. And Joyke Bell is sufficient. I mean, him and Eddie Lacy, if you look back on their fantasy numbers, I don't have the comps in front of me. Uh, I'm not talented enough to sit here and run a computer and do the show at the same time and look up stuff nonstop. But I got, I got, I got. Bet their fantasy numbers aren't drastically different. Uh, besides some time that maybe Bell lost, and even because Lacey started off slow, but we all saw Joy Bell this week had a had a big game, and he's one of the only running backs I think this year. A stat I saw today where he's had five goal line carries at the one, and he's got in every single time. So. I'm a fan of Joyke Bell, so that put me in a situation also that I took Carlos Hyde last year in the first round, and I'm a believer in Hyde, put me in a position to do that. So when you take best player available, uh, that's what you want to do. So obviously you just load up on young running backs, young wide receivers, limit yourself on the tight ends and quarterbacks. Definitely quarterbacks. I mean, quarterbacks are one of the more easiest thing to get. I mean, obviously the elite ones are not easy to get, but they're easier to draft and they're easier to trade for because if somebody has a really good quarterback, they don't need three good quarterbacks, so they, they're going to take what they can get, and you can give a guy maybe like an older player to help somebody win now and, you know, like a Justin set and maybe something to get, say if somebody had two good quarterbacks, that might work out for you. So um, hopefully I answered that a little bit there. Um, next one from Aaron Queck. Uh, I'd love to hear ta- takes on what your top three picks for next season are. I know it's early, but I'm already fixated on the draft. Well, I'm all, I'm not there completely fixated on the draft yet because I'm still uh, 
here in the regular season. I'm just about to now start digging these rookies, and it's going to change where they go in the NFL draft. It's going to change their combine's going to change things. Um, I got to do more film study, but right now, for me, it's Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, and Amari Cooper. Uh, Devontae Parker from Louisville, wide receiver, he's up there. Uh, I'm I'm a TJ Yeldon fan. I like him a lot. I out of Alabama, it's just me. Uh, I like him a lot. There's Amir Abdullah running back Nebraska, and then there's Kevin White from West Virginia. Those are like the top group right there. And right now, I see the top three as Amari Cooper, Todd Gurley, and Melvin Gordon. And you know, if Gordon Gurley didn't tear his ACL, he'd have been the clear cut number one. And then it kind of goes on need. Do you take the young, do you take the Mari Cooper or do you take the, you know, running back in Gordon? So it's going to come down to like kind of team need. And, you know, it's going to change the offseason. I'll have our rookies. We're going to do an early rookie mock draft here after the season ends. And then we'll have constant updates on the site about these rookies and analysis on the rookies and where you go. I mean, that's going to be our whole offseason. You know, the site's going to be updating all the time in the offseason. We're actually, we're probably busier in the offseason and po- post more content in the off season than we do the regular season just because we cover these rookies in depth. By the time if you listen to this podcast, by the time your rookie draft comes around, you will hear our take on every single player available. We do mock drafts uh I think we do like at least a couple a month. We post them online, we talk about them on the podcast. Uh we break all these rookies down, we break each player down, and give you our analysis on it. So Again, by the time it comes around, you'll know the rookies pretty well. And I've got a lot of feedback on Twitter and on the forum that, you know, that our podcast started for the first time in March. And, you know, again, we, I got a lot of feedback saying, hey, thanks. Your rookie analysis really helped make my team better. So hopefully we do that again this year and help you guys out uh, with our analysis on the rookies. So. Again, it is early. It's very fluid. Anything can change now. There will be players that come up because of their draft position, their combine, uh, the smaller school guys. Stuff will change. We don't know who's coming out all the way yet. I know Melvin Gordon announced he's coming out, uh, so it will change. But as of right now, I think Cooper, Gordon, and Gurley are my top three with uh, Devontae Parker and Kevin White kind of on the edge as well for receiver-wise. And maybe after I watch more tape, maybe I'll like one of those guys more than Cooper. So we'll see. Um, and then, uh, last one was, a uh, last one I have on here. What is the highest draft? This is from Bravo 788. What is the highest draft pick picks you would part with for Adams or Moncrief? Highest. Um, it depends. I gotta watch. It depends. I mean, let's see where it depends how much I like end up liking Kevin White, Devonte Parker, those top six. As of right now, I probably say. The six pick right around there is what I want right around there. Uh, like a top, top end, like middle of the first round pick is what I want for those guys. That, that's, that's the highest draft pick I'd probably part with. Like as of right now, like seven, six, and that might change down the road after I do more research. But off the top of my head, that's what I'd say. Cause as of right now, right now, those guys intrigue me enough to say, okay. You know, I'd at least want to see where they go in the draft. You know, who who goes to Carolina to offset Kelvin Benjamin? Uh, the Raiders need a quarter receiver. Tennessee needs a receiver. The Jets always need a receiver. Uh, do the Browns take a receiver to off you know offset 
Jordan, uh, Josh Gordon. Uh, so there's a lot to go into it. There's free NFL free agency. There's going to be players that are cut, and then there's NFL draft. So a lot's going to change. But as of right now, top of my head, I'd say seven. So I've been talking for 45 minutes straight here. Uh, so again, those are the Twitter questions. I didn't really cover two week 14 too much. Again, there's not a lot that really changed on, you know, the change my opinion about these players. I mean, we're at the end of it here. Uh, we've learned a lot. Well, at the end of the season, I said, we'll do our, uh, year in review. What we learn dynasty value, who we love, who we hate, who we like going forward. We'll do our rookie redraft. Where will they go now? And then we'll really start getting the rookie analysis there as well. Um, I want to give a shout out to all the people that went out there and ranked us on iTunes. I got a couple emails and a couple of posts from people that don't use iTunes saying they wish they're going to try and find a way to give us more promotion, which I think all you guys as well. I think everybody that listens and I love to hear the positive feedback that we do get on the podcast. Uh, it really is. It's, it's awesome for the you know couple thousand people out there that listen. And the people that dig it on iTunes and rank us, uh, thank you very much because we are now the number one dynasty podcast ranked out there on iTunes. And that's all because of you guys and uh, you guys listening and being fans. We really, really appreciate it. Every time I go on iTunes, I got there every couple of days to see if we got a new review. And when we do, it it, <laughs> it really made me like, oh, sweet, man. We got another review. Uh, let's see what it's got to say. And I love to read the comments on there on iTunes and, the, you know, this that you guys out there and you really enjoy the podcast. So for all of you that went out there and made that possible that we are make us number one. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're going to do uh, at the end of the year. I think we're going to do a t-shirt giveaway here for the podcast listeners. Maybe we'll give away too. Uh, I'm looking at a big box of dynasty nerds t-shirt as we speak. And somebody's got to wear them. We got to get them out to somebody. So that somebody could be you here coming soon. And if you haven't, I'm going to go four. Well, I think it's five weeks straight. Say, Hey guys, get on there if you can. And uh, rank us on iTunes. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas to the Dynasty Nerds staff and Rich Dotson at Dynasty Nerds. Uh, but I, th- I think on that, I'm going to try and get out of here now because uh, I've been talking for 45 minutes straight. It's not, it's not as easy uh, hosting a show by yourself, but we still have to do the shows, even if people are having babies uh, and repopulating the world one person at, the, at a time. Uh, so, again, if you have some playoff questions or any questions that are related to Dynasty, Always feel free to hit me up on Twitter, and I, I always uh, try to get back to every question on there. You hit me up at Dynasty Rich. Uh, you get up the Twitter site at Dynasty Nerds. You can get on DynastyNerds.com and get on that forum. Uh, we have a really good community on there that everybody gives their feedback on the questions as well. Um, so until then, I know we're going into week 15 playoffs here, uh, semi-championship game. Hope you guys all come away a winner. And if you don't, hey, <laughs> you're getting a higher draft pick, and you can get Somebody like Devontae Adams uh, for your draft pick, possibly. So, again, I mean, those two guys are guys that I would love to. And at the same time, now, if I can get Devontae Adams or Dante Moncrief for the seventh or eighth pick, I'm ecstatic about that because those are two guys I really like, like a lot next year. Definitely Dante Moncrief. But we'll get into that more next week with uh, Matt and Mike back. And we'll, we'll see if we can get him back here. One might have a brand-new baby. Uh, so, But until then, guys, good luck this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to me talk for not 47 not minutes nonstop. Hopefully you guys, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully it came out well. Hopefully I helped. And until then, I'll talk to you next week. Good luck. Go Browns.
talk to you next week. As I said it for the fifth time in a row. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Later. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.